Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. To the Pride of Detroit POD cast, prideofdetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. Buddy, you know where to find us. I can make that longer if people want. We, we are live on Twitch, as always, twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit, Pride of Detroit.com, Pride of Detroit, where you can find us, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all that fun stuff. We're out there live, proud loud celebrating another lion's win jeremy keep playing africa for me baby keep playing africa i'll roll it again keep rolling it baby really loud they can't hear it on the (laughs) uh they can't hear it on the podcast the recording here but those of us on twitch they can hear it i am chris perfett your adequate host at chris perfett p-e-r-f-e-t-t i'm not supposed to call myself adequate anymore i'm beyond that uh i don't even know if i have a new title now jeremy but you know we'll see Maybe we'll come up with one during the bye week in which the Lions are now guaranteed to have a winning record. What, how does that work? How does that work? It's a wonderful it's a wonderful life here in the NFC North. Uh, that's Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader of Pride of Detroit, managing editor at Detroit Online is where you find him on Twitter. We're waiting to see if we get Ryan Matthews in. He's always runs a bit late here because uh, I, I insist at this eight o'clock sharp thing. And uh, oh. And uh, we're already having technical difficulties. We this 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 is this podcast is coming together as strongly as the as the Lions' win kind of came together haphazardly, drunkenly. But you know what? It's a W, Jeremy. It's a dub. You just that's all, all that matters. matters at the, the, the dub at the end of the day. Uh, I that that's 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 where I'm standing on this. I'm going to get to my inner mo- opening monologue in a second. Just it's it's so funny in the NFL, man. It's so funny how teams win in this league. We were just sitting here giggling about how Bruce Arians galaxy brained himself out of a field goal to win the Giants game because he took a delay of game penalty or something so he could move back um, further because he thought his kicker could hit better from a longer distance. Like this is the kind of stuff that happens in the NFL, man. The best league in the world. Like you take you take what you get where you get it. You only have 16 shots, man. You only have 16 shots. Especially in this late game, late slate of games, there were a lot of crazy finishes. It almost looked like college football out there, where there was just like some ridiculous finishes, some very questionable coaching decisions around the entire NFL. We'll get to some in our game, uh, but all that matters right now, the Lions are two zero and one, undefeated through three, through what is maybe half of a, a terrible stretch of games. Um, when we, I mean, we were talking about 
in in the offseason a mere month ago how this team could realistically start 0 and 6, 1 and 5, 1 and 5. And I think we were talking 1 and 5 and I mean and they're already better than that. And look, I two they're yeah. not gonna, they're, they're not going to lose 5 games in the first 6 games. They're not going to lose 3. Or they could sorry, they could still lose 3. They're not going to lose 5. Yeah. They're not going to lose 6. They're not going to lose 4. That I mean, they're already way ahead of expectations not one, right now. Not 2, not 3. <laughs> I, I don't want to get to the monologues just yet. I, I have so many thoughts about this game, but as you say, Jeremy, like you just you just got to win these things because they're just so odd. Lion, let's go. Let's recap here. Lions twenty seven, Eagles twenty four. Uh, Lions were down to start, but then roared in the in the second in the second quarter, led at the half and held that lead almost until the end of the game. Um, actually, the entire way, I think, Jeremy. Yeah, um, they, they they barely held on. They barely with the, held the on at the end. The rest of the way. That's going to be the story. That's going to be a lot of focus. I feel as once again Detroit seems to love to flirt with danger. I don't think there's a lead Matt Patricia feels comfortable with. Without like he's got to live dangerously, man. He's got to gamble out here. Yes, I, I have uh, no other. Re- I have no other way to explain. Like I, I want to talk about some of these series because some of the series near the end of the game were infuriating. But we should probably do opening monologues, first impressions from this game uh jeremy do you want to go first on this sure and and yes uh i mean if you guys follow my work at pride of detroit or my twitter account you probably already know my feelings on the coaching we'll get to that in a minute but i just want to kind of go off and start with the positives because the lines are 2-0-1 because they went and got a huge road victory against the eagles a place that's very very hard to win doug peterson had the best second best record at home since he joined the eagles so getting a win on the road I don't care how it happens. The Lions did it. The Lions looked, I mean, this game had so many shades to the Arizona game. It's ridiculous. Maybe the Lions weren't quite as dominant in the first three quarters as they were in Arizona, but they were playing pretty well. The offense put together two really, really long, solid touchdown drives. That's something that I think you don't come across very often. The defense was forcing turnovers. Forcing might be might be a little bit nice to them because the Eagles were also forcing their own turnovers. Uh and and the defense was was coming up at big times. Um, the, overall, I just think this team is is who we've said they are kind of all off season and all this season. They're they're a team that will frustrate you when they're playing down to a bad team's level, but they will also play up to a good team's level. And and regardless of the Eagles' record right now, one and two, whatever, that's a good Eagles team. And I, you can say whatever you want about injuries; they were depleted at wide receiver. True. Their left tackle got in. They got sick in this game, and then his backup got injured. True, but the Lions had their fair share of injuries too. I mean, Jared Davis came back, but he left at some point. Came back. Lions were missing their best cornerback at the end of that game when they needed big defensive plays from their secondary. Darius Slay was not there, and they got it because uh, Carson Wentz was two for seven for seven yards in those last two drives. That's huge, and they weren't getting pressure. It was a play from the secondary, so you, you got to have the players to, to come in and compensate for those injuries, for those sicknesses. Mike Ford, I thought, did a hell of a job coming in for Darius Slay. And the Lions got it done at the end of the game. Sure, little things could have could have changed this uh, entire outcome if there isn't that penalty on the blocked field goal. I mean, the Eagles are already in field position, and so at best we're talking about another overtime game. Um, but that's just how the NFL works. Wins and losses are on the razor's edge. The Lions had other opportunities to close out the game if Stafford hits Kenny Galladay on that one third down pass. The game's probably over. Um, 
it's just it's a play here or there. The Lions made just enough, and they're two zero and one. I'm happy. Yeah, like I mean, this is I I'm about to I'm about to get into mine, but again, like. You said it right, Jeremy. Like it, it, all that matters is getting the win in the NFL. You are not getting graded on a poll. Like I know some Lions fans are going to lose something over power rankings that might come out, but you're you're not playing to a poll. You're playing for the wins. But at the there's, same, there's t- no Russian judge giving you a six point nine. You don't need to worry no, about that. No, and there's points. no college playoff committee here sitting there like, hmm, you didn't beat you know Sacramento tech school of our lady virgin for women by by 50 you only beat them for by 45 how dare you uh listen this is a win for the lions that's all that matters at the end however there are still like this is a very frustrating team to watch and i think i can forgive anyone who's not buying onto the lions because if you're buying onto the lions right now great you know i i don't need to <laughs> Thank you, Audible Dong. You do go to Sacramento Tech School of Our Lady of the Virgin. Thank you. Uh, Audible Dong also wants us to keep playing Africa, I believe. He also wants you, Jeremy. <laughs> he also wants you, Jeremy, to do the Rock God drop. When when Ryan's here, I promise you. Okay. I'll give it to you. Okay, okay. Give it to you. But I, if you believe in the Lions, stay great. 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 They're 2-0-1. They are up in the top of the NFC North, something I did not think they're going to have to do. Will you probably get like manhandled by Kansas City coming to town? Maybe, maybe, but who knows at this point? The Lions seem to have this ability to pull people down into the mud and beat them at their own level. It's not pretty, and I don't know when it ends. This is almost kind of the inverse of 2016, where the Lions are pulling out miracles from the back of their hats being like, hey, we can do this from behind. The, this time, the Lions seem to be pulling miracles. It's like, okay, we have a lead, but we don't know what to do with that. And it's yep. frustrating. It's frustrating to watch. And I think that is creating some animosity with fans a little bit. And, and I get it. Again, I don't need you to be the true believer to be a Lions fan or to watch this team. There is nowhere on the, on the contract what you signed when you start watching the Detroit Lions, you didn't sign a contract at all, did you? But there's nothing on there that says you must drink the Kool-Aid. There are a lot of Lions fans that were on my timeline, and people who weren't Lions fans, of course, watching this game and saying, wow, this is incredibly stupid. <laughs> and that's just the brand of football the Lions are playing right now. It's an incredibly stupid form of football, and it's incredibly frustrating. It's it's a troll job, Jeremy. It's tr- They're trolling everyone. They are teasing you just enough to get out that win. It is a razor wire, and I just worry what when that act runs thin when it comes against a team that can put games away late. And listen, I'm I'm not I'm not going to sit here and argue the Lions are playing bad teams. I'm not. The Chargers fans will say there were a lot of bad penalties and the Chargers played sloppy. That's true. The Lions also played sloppy last week as well. We talked about the missed field goals on both sides. Uh here the Philadelphia Eagles just absolutely riddled with injuries, but they still had their best players out there. They still had Jordan Howard. Nelson Aguilar was healthy. He was out there, although his day was kind of uh, a little up and down, would you say? Yeah, to say the least. To say the least. Zach Ertz is out there. Carson Wentz. I'm not a believer in Carson Wentz. You tell me he's good, and I don't know like how, what to do with that. I, I don't believe in Carson Wentz. But the Lions... 
did what they did with the pieces they did. Look, there's still no run game to speak of. We'll, we'll talk about that a little later. Like your rushing leader on the day was one carry from JD McKissick. Just as we just as we predicted all along. Just as we predicted all along. Marvin Jones Jr., once again, you're you're uh, I mean, a receiving leader again, looking great. Danny Amendola contributing. Uh Kenny Galladay slightly absent from the boards. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, I know he had an injury at some point. Once again, a quiet day for him. Uh, Secondary is giving you scares all day long. But that's just the identity of what this team is right now. I I just worry, especially in these late game situations, that they're not going to be able to keep doing this death-defying magic trip where they're in the box with the water and the chains and the piranhas, and they seem to be able to come out just fine. Maybe a few bites on them. But I don't I don't know how many times you can keep doing that is my point. I mean, we already know that they can't do it every time. They, they, they tried can, it against they can, the Cardinals but... and it didn't work. But here's the thing that I, I I mean, there's a couple things here. One is that no team is perfect in September. No, absolutely there, not. There are absolutely teams not. that look very but good. I, like I don't know how much Patriots this is coming and... together. That's that's that like sure. what what's the ceiling well, for this to come together? I don't think all of a sudden all these mistakes can be rectified because it's too sure. imperfect. Well, yeah, and and you're you're absolutely right. But a lot of times, this team does not resemble what they look like in September. Last year, you look at how they looked in December compared to where they looked at September. It was, it was night and day, especially you know run defense, things like that. Um, the other thing, and I may have lost my train of thought, so I'm just going to say words until it comes to me. Well, I will say this. Crap. Yeah, I will say this about the defense to give you some time too. Like the defense early on in this game was just like, we saw them getting gassed real fast early. Like it, it, it was bad. Like the defense was just getting just beat up pretty hard when Philadelphia put up 10 points in that first quarter. And it's, you know, Jamal Agnew had that hundred yard return for the touchdown. And I almost felt like, great. We got points, but now the defense has to get back on the field. Right. So I, I mean, it, it, it's funny because it's like we we all thought, hey, you know, the defense is going to be the identity of this team. It's what Patricia's specialty is. And, you know, Daryl Bevel, he wants to establish the run game and everything. And once again, where are we again? We're back to an imperfect bend, don't break, but maybe get like a billion penalties for the defense. And we have Matt Stafford leading the day, uh, 18 of 32, 200 some yards through the air to get it done. Um I don't know. I don't know how much I can tell people you need to buy into this team. If you're bought into this team, great. You know, you've got your chips on the table. I'm just saying don't go harass other people right now because like they they still need to see a little bit more before we like we start handing out the Kool-Aid for uh, forced drinking. I'm going to go ahead and be the interior yang right here. And I'm going to tell you why you should bind lines. I'm not going to say they're okay. a playoff team. I'm not going to say they're going to make the playoffs and win their first division and blah, 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 blah. But, but that's what matters to me. That, that's like, that's like, that's the entire modus operandi of this season. If you don't go to the the playoffs and you don't win a playoff game, it's a failure of a season to me. Well, okay. But yeah, we'll yeah. talk about that down okay. the line. Who cares right now? They're, they're two and one chill. <laughs> Here's what I want to say. The biggest sign of progress to me of this team is very, very simple. This team is putting themselves in positions where they can make mistakes and still win. Yeah. They had a really good first half against the Cardinals. They had a pretty good first half against the Eagles. I, I would even argue they had a good first half against the Chargers, even though they were losing at the half. They're they're putting they're showing that they can compete against these teams through four quarters of a play and and make all those mistakes. Jamal Agnew can can fumble the ball in against the Chargers and against the Cardinals, and the Lions can still win or tie. 
the Lions can can have a couple offside penalties on defense, giving the Eagles first downs on two third downs and a roughing the passer penalty and and you know blown coverages and things like that still come out with a win. They're they're giving themselves this margin of error early in the games so that all of these bad things that keep happening at the end of games, blocked punts, blocked field goals, they still won. Mm-hmm. Lions would not be able to survive errors like that with how bad the team has been prior to that. And I'm including the Jim Caldwell error in that. So to me, there are signs of progress here. Now, the Lions need to clean up these mistakes because they aren't going to survive all these late-game <laughs> mistakes every single week. They're going to lose some games. Yeah, I, it, They're going to tie some games against bad teams. But they are getting themselves into a position where they, they, they don't have to be a perfect team to win. And that's really nice to have. Yeah, I just don't know how it's going to carry into the NFC North like division games. But again, I'm nitpicking here. I'm I'm just worried. I I have reservations. Is all I'm saying. Uh, let me take a comment from Trushamu, who I believe is one of our subscribers for two <coughs> months. So, by the way, if you guys are on Twitch right now watching, you can subscribe above. It supports the channel. Eventually, we might be able to hit affiliate and be able to bring you some new cool stuff. Uh, you know, we're still we'll, we're still in the works here. We'll do sh- We'll do shout outs during the break. Absolutely. For all people Absolutely. We'll, we'll do that too. So. We'll do that. We we're always about the engagement. You, you guys are our family. You know that this is what POD cast has been built on is making a family out of lions fans. Uh, but I want to say for Trushamu, he gives, he gives a great point here. He says, it feels like Patricia's defenses have historically gotten better as the season went on winning some early September, some ugly September games is a bonus that could set us up during easier stretch of the schedule. Um, how much do you buy into that, Jeremy? Because, I kind I do see he he it, it his defenses do kind of take up. He was definitely true with the Patriots, but I think that kind of progress is always offset with injuries. Not even just like injuries in which a guy's taken off the field, but guys playing with, you know, a hobbled knee here or just a bruised ankle over there, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely, I think it would differ year to year. I don't mm-hmm. think there's a noticeable trend necessarily with Matt Patricia. I, I remember when the Lions hired him, I kind of looked into that, and I think I found mixed results in terms of, like, in-game, like, first half or second half uh, adjustments from Patricia and first half of the year, second half of the year. It's mixed, but but it definitely it's definitely going to look different, and you have to imagine Lions are going to try to figure out certain things I think one of the biggest issues on defense right now is the run defense because they finished 2018 so strong and I keep waiting. I even said on first bite, I think this is the week that the Lions finally bounce back. Nope. Run defense. <laughs> they didn't. There were, there were some situational good run defense. I think they stopped a third and short. They got the, the one thing I will say about the run defense is they got themselves into a lot of third downs, which is what you want on defense. Lions weren't able to stop a lot of those third downs, especially early on. But I think the run defense is definitely a lot is definitely very concerning compared to where our expectations were in the preseason. Moscarelli asking us, Stafford had an off day, but still deliver when it matters. Should we be worried? Um, I mean, I think at this point we know what Stafford is, and I, I have more trust in Stafford. Uh, I mean, I saw his lazy sling arm pass once in this game, and that kind of gave me the fears. But no, I trust him at this point. I, I'm more worried about play calling sometimes. There are some... Uh, and this is where we can get into some of the nitty-gritty, Jeremy, before we uh, take a break and start talking with some of our Twitch people here. Uh, late in the game, which is, I think, where a lot of our nitpicking is going to come, there were definitely play-calling that just wasted the... It felt like it felt like Caldwell-era, we don't know how to put this drive away. And I think some people are even saying Jim Bob Cooter looking at the number of 
it was run, run, screen in some of those late series. And want, no, time, the- no time was being taken off the clock either. And then there was the block field goal from Prater that could have spelled unspeakable doom, but the Lions defense did step up and knocked, knocked, the, uh, knocked the Eagles senseless to end the game. But go ahead, you, you have a point here. Well, uh, our live audience isn't going to be able to hear it, but I want you to start the Rage Corner music right now, please. game and i don't know if he's completely to blame but ultimately you're head the coach so you're going to take the brunt of the blame whether it's deserved or not he does not know to coach how to coach a fine the final drives of a half because mm-hmm. the lions had the ball three times on the eagles side of the field in the fourth quarter up at least three in in some of those instances up 10 nine plays three different drives run run pass run, run, pass, run, run, pass. All three of those drives, completely predictable. You're going against an Eagles defense that is really, really good against the run and not so good against the pass. You get yourself into third and eight, third and 11, third and nine, incomplete, incomplete, incomplete. Now, granted, Matthew Stafford makes a better throw to Marvin Jones, I think it was. Lions get a first down, game's over. I'm not ranting about this. Mm -hmm. But you're putting yourself into a bad, bad situation with all these third and longs. You know your running game isn't working the entire game. Carry-on Johnson has under two yards of carry. Ty Johnson has under two yards of carry. You're not throwing any sort of creative looks at them with the run. You're just running straight forward, trying to burn clock. And that's the thing. You're not even burning clock. The Eagles got the ball back with under two minutes, Two timeouts. I think you only burned like 30 seconds. Yeah, by the yeah. time the punt was Basically done. Basically yeah. nothing on that last drive. Yeah. Unbelievable. Now, rewind the tape. First half. Same situation. Lions get a gift from Nelson Aguilar. They get the ball on Eagles' side of the field deep with about a minute 50 left. Again, Eagles have three team timeouts. Lions' interest Let's not score a touchdown. Let's just make sure the Eagles don't get a score. Yeah. Run play. Screen pass. Screen pass for nothing. Incomplete pass. Field goal's good. You get three points. Eagles have plenty of time to come back, but the defense bailed them out in both of these situations. The defense bailed them out in the first half by going three and out. The defense bailed them out by going four and out twice in a row to end the game. You can't expect that to happen every week. You're going to get in trouble especially with the way the defense has been playing, which is not great. The fact that you got the defense to play lights out two drives in the row at the end of this game, you got lucky, Matt Patricia. Yeah. You got very, very, very lucky. I'm going to be curious to see what the grade is for Darius Slay coming back because I do not think Slay was as good as he was last game here too. So, like, some of the secondary was – 
wasn't even much on Slay. It was in some on the other guys. But we're up against the clock, and I want to take some questions from our Twitch audience if you're watching your live on twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back on the Pride of Detroit POD cast, if you're listening to the recorded one, we're going to dive even deeper into the specifics of this game, talk about what we liked, winners, losers, you know, everything you just know and love that we do here in season on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Stick around. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And we're back on the Pride of Detroit P-O-D cast, prideofdetroit.com. Again, find us on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes. If you go on iTunes, leave us a good review. Um, We need to get those reviews up. I know some people in the past have had umbrage with me. That's unfortunate. I apologize for that. Uh, I would like good reviews again, guys. Give it to us. We'll we'll treat you right. Help us get that rating up. Because everyone's like, hey, it's a good review. It's a good podcast, except for Chris. And I'm just like, what am I going to do here, man? You're going to be in real trouble when the lines are like 6-0-1 and, and you're still going to be trying to find negative things about this team. <sighs> Well, six. I mean, six. <laughs> no, I mean, I'll give them credit when they get there. But it's just like, man, <laughs> I know, I, I if they get to six zero and one without having more of these type of games, yes. If it's more of these type of games that we keep having, I'm gonna still have reservations because, like, it's if they beat if they beat the currently undefeated Chiefs, the currently undefeated Packers. What if the Mahomes Vikings just suddenly ignites in fire? What happens? I don't. It, a win's a win, Chris. I know. <laughs> Someone's saying the Lions are going to put up 60 on on um, <laughs> 60 on the Chiefs. They haven't even put up 30 yet this season, have they? No. <laughs> a bureaucrat, yeah. All right, do we want to get to like yeah. pros and cons? I don't know what we yeah. want to call it. Ryan's, like Ryan's trying to join like. us. Ryan's trying to join us right now. Let's go into a little more breakdown. What was kind of your key takeaways from this game by position? Uh well, I, we mentioned. Can, can I say we mentioned with our Twitch audience, Nick Bodden, um, mostly about his hurdle that immediately makes him an All Pro. Uh, <laughs> did you thought? Did you think he had a good game? Otherwise, I, I'd have to go back and check because obviously his his main focus when he's not catching and and almost audible dogging himself on an Eagles helmet 
is uh is to to run block and the Lions running game was not good. Hey, there he is. Here, look who it is. Really? Hello, there's Hello. there's greetings. Ryan. Greetings, oh. greetings, Alien. Yep. Uh, All that, right, we need to give him a proper yep. intro now. That right there is Ryan Matthews. Back is the mother rock god. Back is the mother rock god. Thank you, Jeremy. At Ryan underscore pod, Ryan, how you doing, buddy? How what do you think about this game? What did I think about this game? Yes. It was, I feel, I'm, I'm really hoping that it was the third installment of a trilogy and we're going to be done with it. <laughs> we're going to be done with ugly Lions football that it doesn't seem like either team deserves to win the game and the Lions end up just coming out on top because turnovers. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's wild, Ryan, because they know how to finish. Uh, they, they've learned how to win, Ryan. Oh, Are yeah. you sure about yeah. that? Yeah. Uh, Detroit versus everybody. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're getting into positionals. So, uh, you know what? Since you're in here, uh, Ryan, right off the bat, just going to throw you a pitch right now. Uh, one player to stand out for you in this game. I, it's easy, but I have to say it. Jamal Agnew. Yep. Are you going to do me? it? We're going to start with starting I mean, special teams. I hate that we start special teams every week, but we're starting special teams. Go. <laughs> I know, but it's a story every week. I know, week. I know. Do you... Do, we we have to we have to champion the good things that happen on special teams, right? Like I'm not going to start with the Lions' leading rusher, who is JD McKissick, with one carry for 44 yards. Like that's not <laughs> what we're going to celebrate here. We're going to celebrate a 100 yard run. That if anybody needed to show up today to really cement themselves in their position with the team moving forward, it was probably Jamal Agnew. Absolutely. Like this was this was his this was his opportunity to either prove that he's going to be the Lions returner on special teams moving forward, or they're going to, they're going to switch things up. And it looked like they were potentially thinking about doing that. Right. Jeremy with the move that they made with, with Marvin Hall. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So they, they promoted Marvin Hall from the practice squad on Saturday. It was kind of a curious move. He's a special teamer. He's a returner. Everyone thought, okay, maybe this is, this is it for Jamal Agnew. Maybe he's going to be a game day inactive or something like that. But um, yeah, the, the pressure was on Jamal Agnew. And I think, of, of all the, the coaching rant that I just went on in the previous segment, you have to give some credit to Matt Patricia for having faith in his guy. And I like, I, I wrote an article about this. Matthew Stafford had the guys back. There was a video or at least a screenshot mm-hmm. of Matthew Stafford going to Jamal Agnew after the chargers game, hugging him, pulling him close saying, Hey man, pull it together. It's going to be okay. We're going to need you down the line. So, so get focused and get back out there. And I mean, and he did that. He did in that a big there, way. There couldn't have, there couldn't have been a more, Bigly. A, a better redemption story than for Jamal Agnew today, because I mean, not even just the, the kick return, he had a really big punt return that put the lines in Eagles field mm-hmm. uh, on the Eagles side of the field. So it was, it was a really cool moment for Jamal Agnew and for all the people that were in chat last week saying Jamal Agnew should be cut and fired and all that stuff. Where yet? It happens, man. Special team is always hit and miss sometimes. Uh, I, I want to focus on the defense a little bit as I look at it. Uh, Trey Flowers, I think, had a better day. Jeremy, can we say that at least? Mm. Or no, no, you're not even there. I mean, you look at the box score and it looks all right. He had, what, like eight tackles and a sack. Yep. But the consistent pressure wasn't... I thought actually run defense, he was good. Yeah. And I'll be curious to see the PFF grades when come out and see if they, they well, corroborate I'll tell you this, that. I'll tell you this for run defense, once again, our bi- my big, stonk, wonderful uh, adult son... 
Ashawn Robinson, I felt, had a good day. Man is yep. playing he, for a contract. He is. He's he's playing great. And it, it, it's funny to say, you know, wow, like... Like, I haven't... I, I have not seen another did. Lions player take double teams like Ashawn does since Ndamukong Sue. I'm not saying he's well, Sue. I'm not saying he's the Sue. The guy next to him does a pretty good job of that, too. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like... Snacks. Snacks, Snacks does it, too, but I'm just saying, like... The way Ashawn takes double teams, I, I, it's juicy, man. And pe- people are going to get on flowers for the personal foul penalty, the late hit. Mm-hmm. The Lions have the Eagles stopped on third down. They're going to force a field goal towards the end of the game to make it a seven-point game instead of a three-point game. Flowers gets hit with the, the personal foul roughing the passer penalty. I don't think it was a really good call. I think he very clearly got pushed into Carson Wentz, so I'm not going to dog hunt him. That yeah, much, that was clearly. We didn't mention your body. Yeah, we didn't mention that at all. Like, you go back, you watch it there. Like, he got, he kind of got rolled into Wentz. That wasn't on him at all. I'm not going to dog him yeah. on it. But I, I think, I think we still need to continue the, the narrative that this defensive line isn't showing up when they need to. Mm-hmm. Um, not only are they not that stout of a run defense right now. Not only are they not creating a ton of pressure. I thought it was a little bit better today. The pocket did a good job just like collapsing from all ends a little bit at times, but penalties. There was the Trey Flowers one, which you can you can ignore if you want to, but there's two offside penalties that gave the Eagles first downs on third and short, and you just can't do that. The Lions were so bad at third down early in this game, and a lot of it had to do with that. The Lions defense is getting third down opportunities, which is huge. You force any offense into enough third down opportunities, you're going to get punts, period. But if you're giving them free first downs with offsides, you, you're you're going to lose games. And so that kind of all falls into the sloppiness of of this game. Um, but the Lions, you know, just did enough to overcome it all. Just did enough, and that's all that's really needed to get through at the end of the day. Uh, let's turn our attention to the offense. Uh, who do you think was the standout offense? And who is probably the biggest talking point from the offense? Two very different questions, I might I might say. You want to get in there, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, it, it's easy. Let, let let me say that first and foremost, like obviously Marvin Jones Jr. had quite the game today, but I want to focus my attention on on Johnson and yep. this Lions run game because yep. you asked two questions, right, Chris? You said, one, who was maybe the most, like the who's the standout performance on the offense, and then two, what was the second question? Like what's, what's the biggest storyline story or point of – interest slash concern from this game. Right. I think the biggest story point is that the Lions are going to continue to try to win football games they, the way they want to win football games, but they're going to need to fix this running game if they want to do that. 100%. And yeah, 20, 20 carry out, or, you know, 20 carries for carry on Johnson and only 36 yards. That's, that's definitely not going to cut it. Yeah, it's, I mean, we bad. we talked about it. We, I think we talked about it uh, last segment here, Jeremy. Like some of these late sequences where it's run, run, screen, feel reminiscent of Jim Bob Cooter, and that kind of run, you know, leaning on the run to close out the game only works if you can actually convert those runs. For sure, uh, and this is something I'm going to have to deep dive with the filming because I don't know exactly what's going wrong. There were some good runs early in the game, but not so much in the late game. Last week, I think it had to do with more tight ends and offensive tackles not blocking well. This this week, I feel like it was a lot of things contributing to just not good run run offense. Don't, don't you think it was just a measure of predictability, too? 
Well, yeah, late I in think, the game, absolutely. I, right. I, I think I think at this point, I don't know. I, I just think at this point, if the Lions get out to an early lead, I think you're going to see what Matt Patricia wants to do fundamentally as a coach is he wants to run the football and wants to stop the run. So if he can if he can run the football and he can get to an early lead and milk the clock that way, well, he's going to stop the run just by just by the fact that the Lions have a lead and teams aren't going to run the football the way that they want to run the football. They have to change their game plan, right? Yeah. But I mean, but I, I yeah, they need to be able to run the football in order to do that though and 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 I think that's the most glaring problem with this football team outside of their defensive line, like Jeremy mentioned. And isn't it amazing? I mean, we said this last week too, but the way Matt Patricia wants to win football games is to stop the run and run and run the ball. And the Lions haven't done that at all through the first three weeks of the game, and they're undefeated. Yep. <laughs> I want to talk about uh, – I see I see a lot of people in chat. I'm sorry, Jeremy. I want to move on to this if we can. On to, uh, I was going to – yeah, yeah, go ahead. Hawkinson? Okay. Were you going there or no? I was. I mean, we still haven't talked – and patted the offensive line on the back yet for keeping let's, let's hold clean, let's hold but... that for a second let me get to hawkinson first let's let me kind of get the bad out of the way first before we start handing sure. out a good grade the offensive line spoiler alert uh some people in the twitch chat here we are live simulcast on twitch.tv slash pride of detroit uh 8 p.m on sunday after a lions game if it starts at 1 p.m uh pay attention to our twitter feed we'll give you a time if it's another date i uh People are concerned because Hawkinson did have, I mean, we had, we saw the preseason he had, we saw the practices he had, we saw the game one he had. It's been quiet now for two games for Hawkinson, and I kind of felt like that was going to happen because he is a rookie, he is getting acclimated to the NFL, uh, he needs to play, he's a big part of the offense right now, I would hope, when he is on. At the same time, though, excuse me, I would say also that there's been other targets that Stafford has leaned on, especially Amendola in the interior and Marvin Jones on the, on the wide out. I, uh, I don't, I'd have to go back and watch the tape. I don't know how much he's getting involved in blocking. I know he kind of got a little hobbled there a little bit. Um, I'm not ready to start killing him after three games, though, especially two games that are down. Again, this is what happens when you're a rookie. You just have to find your footing sometimes and uh, get used to things. So I, I don't know. Are, are you worried at all about the fact that Hawkinson kind of started out hot and now has been kind of quiet for two games? Not even a little bit. Okay. If I'm being completely honest, um, Hawkinson goes out, has a hundred and whatever yard debut. Guess what? He's going to get a lot of attention now. Yep. He's going to get a lot of defense keying in on him. And guess what happens? Week game two, plan. Kenny Galladay gets a hundred yards. Mm-hmm. Week three, Marvin Jones gets a hundred yards. Where's the problem? Show me where the problem it's is. It's being spread around. It's being spread around, and that's good. That's what you want. You don't want just one receiver that people know and can game plan for. It just means, like, if you're going to game plan for this guy, we've got another guy next week. Yeah, and, I mean, he he essentially had a touchdown today. I think if they would have reviewed the the catch that he made in the end zone and then got stripped away, I think that would, it may have stood as a touchdown. The Lions didn't mm-hmm. choose to review and they and they scored a touchdown anyways on the drive, so who cares? But... I, I, they're going to come. They're going to come in bunches. If a team decides to ch- take away Kenny Galladay for a game, he'll be there. Like you said, I think Danny Amendola is still very much a key part of this offense. He made a huge catch on the Lions' uh, second-to-last drive. Um, I mean, if if the Lions' offense shows signs of sputtering that aren't self-inflicted 
you know, conservative play calling, then I'll I'll be worried about TJ Hawkinson. But if he if you know he's drawing attention that is getting Kenny Galladay on one on one looks, getting Amendola open on the over the middle of the field. I mean, Logan Thomas had a huge catch in this game. Like Lions tight ends are doing fine. It mm-hmm. might not just be one guy all at once, but Jesse James had a catch today. I mean, I I'm I'm not concerned about it. I don't need Hawkinson to get 80 yards and a touchdown every week. I know you guys that probably have him on your fantasy team really really want that, but I don't care yeah. at all. And I agree with Cram as well in our Twitch chat. The Logan Thomas catch was fun. It was yeah. very fun. Uh, all right, you wanted to talk about the offensive line. Go ahead. Let's uh, let's. This is this is the one good thing because once again. Another week with no real, no sacks on on Stafford. Pressures were kept to a minimum. Like, it looked good, man. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Like, I saw Taylor Decker coming back, and I was kind of worried what we were going to get. I don't think taking Taylor Decker out was the solution. But at the same time, I know he was bad in the first game, so I was curious to see what happened. And line's holding up fine. I mean... You have to give them a ton of credit in this yes. game. And maybe maybe this is the one good thing about the Lions' strict commitment to the run is that it's keeping defenses a little bit honest. But how often did you even think about Taylor Decker during this game? Be honest. Not at all. I don't think it was one time at all. There was there was one play someone pointed this pointed this out to me on Twitter. There was a screen pass to his side of the field. He didn't get to the good defender in enough time. And I don't even put that on Taylor Decker. It was just an obvious play call. That guy just says, I forgot he was even playing. Exactly. Didn't think about him once. When did you think about Brandon Graham in this play? You know, the Eagles' premier pass rusher. For me, zero times. What do you have, like three tackles in this game? Nothing? No sacks? No one had a sack? How about Fletcher Cox? Do you think about Fletcher Cox in this game? Nope. Lines off. I mean, think about where we were two weeks ago after Arizona. Sky is falling. Taylor Decker sucks. We, I mean, look at all the pass rushers in this league were screwed. I was probably leading that charge, too. I'm not going to lie. But they've come back, back-to-back games, zero sacks, zero sacks. First time they've done that in eight years. Yeah. Last, last time they did that, they made the playoffs. Just throwing that out there. Ryan, you want to jump in there? I think that the left tackle position is so... Um, it's so much like that, right, Jeremy? I think that streaky. As long as long as you're not noticing the left tackle doing anything wrong, then it's a great thing, right? Like he never gets he never gets the praise, but he'll be the first one to receive all the criticism, like he did, especially in week one. And there were people that were already saying like, no fifth year, you know, no fifth year option for Decker, this, that, and the other thing. Like they were already writing him off, and I was like, this guy's a captain. <laughs> like th- there's obviously something there, there's a reason why he's not performing up to to the level that you know he he played to today and you got to give him all the credit in the world for like you said there there were there's quite a few players in that Eagles defense that should have made an impact today that didn't and the offensive line deserves credit for that and one last thing before we move on yeah. I, I talked to carry on Johnson about this this week because I thought you know, running back protection was going to be huge in this game because a lot, the Eagles send a bunch of disguised blitz, and it's a lot of times it's up to the running back to recognize where that's coming from and make plays. And he absolutely did it in this game. Yeah, I was going to point. Arian Johnson is becoming an absolute third three down back, and I know the running game is still not there, but he he converted on two third and shorts in this game, including a goal line touchdown. Um, 
he, he was absolutely phenomenal as a pass walker. I'm very, very eager to see what his pass there walking doubts, game is. There were doubts he'd become a three-down back, but I think he did very well this game. I, I really I really think he did. He's going to keep coming into his own. And as True Shama points out, like, you know, Schwartz, he loves to blitz, man. And the fact there were no sacks kind of uh, speaks to that. I mean, although Schwartz is also, we're kind of, uh, we're kind of familiar with the Jim Schwartz, too. But, you know. 2-1 against him should be 3 now. Yeah, yeah, probably should be. All right, let's take a quick break here. We're going to answer some stuff for Twitch offline, and then when we come back, it's mailbag time. We're already at that point in the POD cast. We want to give a pretty juicy one, so get your questions in here. Hashtag AskPOD on Twitter. Uh, if, you want, if you're in the Twitch chat right now live, send it. And remember, we will take anything. And John Whitaker's been reading your questions. And if, you're, if you're in the, in the chat, we'll get what we can here. This is where we kind of have fun. And talk, we'll talk more about the game and everything else going on in the NFL. So don't go away. POD cast continues next. the mail it never fails it makes me want to wag my tail when it comes i want i know reno's in the chat reno you should be back here and doing this like your voice was in the original one I don't know why we don't have it anymore goose was goose was concerned when i started to whale mail well, Goose just needs to learn how to be a better uh, Blue's Clue. Clue clue dog thing. All right, let's get to the questions, shall we? Hashtag AskPOD to leave it to us on Twitter. You can do that anytime. Anytime. Uh, first off, question from True Shamu. Can we get a bi-week list cast? Absolutely, we're going to have a bi-week list cast. We're yep. also going to have some other fun stuff. We've we got some guests we're lining up here. I've just been busy here. Um, Might not be live that week, but we'll see. No, the guest won't be live. Like POD cast itself will will it'll continue to be in Twitch, but like other smaller podcasts will not be. Uh, let's see mm. here. I have a bunch of questions that John Whitaker has been saving from chat and I have a Twitch, I mean Twitter. So, where do we want to start? Let's start with Cram 9030. Why is this team still so bad at screenplays? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. First of all, I think that's a selective question. They scored a touchdown on a screenplay last week. But wide receiver screens are the devil's play. Never call them in the NFL. They're almost as bad as flea flickers. Ooh, I think wow. wow. I, think I know how much you hate flea flickers, too. But the quick wide receiver pass has not worked since Golden Tate was here, and it didn't even work half the time Golden Tate was here. Throw it out. About like the, the bubble screens and stuff? Yes. Yes, bubble screens. I hate them. Get them out of here. Get them out of here. Get them out of here. Well, and here's the thing: like the Lions' wide receivers are typically pretty good at blocking, so you'd think they'd work, but they don't. So stop, please stop. Get them out of here. Stop doing it. We have a question here from CJ that dovetails nicely into what you're uh, talking about, Jeremy. To a name you mentioned, CJ at CJ Truthsayer on Twitter asks us: It's been almost a year. What are the real and follow-on effects of trading Golden Tate? 
Honestly, I still don't get it. He also adds, and please don't tell me it's a, a money contract age thing. <laughs> so don't give you the best argument why they did it? No, it, it, I mean... <laughs> I mean, I don't know what. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I still don't get it myself. But you were, you were talking there, Jeremy. Like when you had Golden Tate, you know, you you could set up well for screenplay. But yeah, but I mean, what what does the offense miss not having Golden Tate right now? Yak. I mean, Yak. they're they're not getting a ton of yards after the catch right now. Danny Amendola really isn't that guy. He's he's kind of filling the same role in that he's a third down guy, move, move the chains guy, but more because he's shifty with his routes more so than after the catch so i mean i don't know there's, think, there's not a lot of breaking tackles and things like that from the lines wide receiver core but is it that necessary right now it, it, it might not be very necessary right now but i think that the person on the roster best suited to fill golden tate's role is ty johnson yeah maybe or, or jd mckissick early too yeah, it might. Yeah, it might be from the backfield. It might not be yeah. a wide receiver, and I think that with the Lions, the reason why Golden Tate wasn't a solution moving forward is because they maybe they felt like they didn't need him because he didn't necessarily match their identity moving forward. They went out and signed Jesse James. They drafted T.J. Hawkinson. They they want to be big. They want to run the football, and they clearly want to take shots down the field too. So. Yeah. JD I don't, know, I, I don't want to get too, too much into J.D. McKissick, but he's a very interesting piece right now mm-hmm. because I feel like they're using him a lot like they used Jamal Agnew a couple of years ago. Obviously, he, yeah. he's the target like on the... Guy. What's that? Using him as like a gadget guy. Yeah, because I mean, he I believe he was the target on the timeout play in Arizona. He was. And then the, the reverse today that went for 40-some yards. Um, kind of a savvy, I mean... It, it's hard to crown a guy for two or three or four plays through three weeks, but it seems like a bit of a savvy pickup because I don't think Theo Riddick was the kind of guy that was capable of those kind of plays anymore. Next question I have here is from Steve's Tabor. Is Coach Bono off the hot seat for the moment? Nope. Nope. Blocked, blocked field goal that nearly lost the game? No. <laughs> Such a weird <laughs> thing. I never see a blocked field goal for this team. Like, I can't remember the last time. When was the last time before this game that the Lions had a blocked field goal? Do you remember? I don't know. I don't know. It probably happened sometime last season, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that, was, I, that was a bad one, though. That was because, I mean, it wasn't just like a tipped field goal. That was that was a blocked one that very well could have gone to the house. Absolutely. What do you think, Ryan? Is he still in the hot seat for you? I... I don't know. Everybody's on the hot seat every week. <laughs> it's the NFL. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Jamal Agnew is off the hot seat. That's all. John Bonamago does not get a pass because Jamal Agnew had one good play. Two good plays. Yep. All right. Next question we have here is from Nuscarelli20. Justin Coleman balled out today. Can we talk about that? <laughs> I'll, let's use his other question to kind of move this into a not a more interesting question, but a different question. Rank Bob Quinn's free agent signings this offseason. Justin Coleman, Trey Flowers, Danny Amendola, Jesse James. Justin Coleman, number one. He had a huge game to the game. Game today. Three, I think it was three pass breakups. Uh-huh. And here's here's the thing about the line secondary is 
every single guy, every single starting cornerback is making plays. Because if I'm not mistaken, Mm -hmm. going into week three, we're talking about Rashawn Melvin leading the league with five passes defended. I don't know if he had another one today or not. Uh, Darius Slay is obviously making plays here or there. The Lions come out of this game with eight passes defended. Now, obviously, it wasn't a great day overall for the Lions' pass defense, um, especially against a, a weakened Eagles receiving core. But, uh, I mean, Justin Coleman was in perfect position for three or four plays. Drew, I believe he's one of the few that drew uh, an offensive pass interference. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. The secondary is the reason the Lions won this game at the end. Like, I mean, they went four and out in back-to-back drives to end of the game, and it wasn't because of pass pressure. It was because of coverage. Wentz was holding was that say, ball a long time. I was, was going to say, hasn't that been just a consistent theme throughout the entire season so far? These first three games, it's been the, the secondary's done something at a pivotal moment in the game yep. to, to, to ensure victory or tie. I mean, it's, it's almost the complete difference from this year to last year. Yeah. They, they weren't making those plays last year. They are nope. now. Turnovers. That too. Yep. All right. More algo or ghost fumbles. All right. Uh, Brett Yoder asking us how, on Twitter, how can a team be so good at pass blocking, but so bad at run blocking? <laughs> I, it's, it's a different thing. I don't, I don't know what to say. Uh, there's, there's so. I mean, if you're, if you're bigger and stronger and taller, you tend to be a better pass blocker. If you're faster and quicker and smaller, you tend to be a better run blocker. Um, especially if you're doing a lot of pulls and things like that. I, I, I don't know what to say about the lines. Right, like this. I feel like this is going to be my film study this week is to just look and see what's going on with with the bad run blocking because it, it doesn't seem like it's on the running backs much, and we've seen flashes of it potentially being there, but it's. It's not there, and I don't. I don't have an answer for you right now, but it's definitely a, a curious question to raise. A curious question. A curious question to raise. Very curious. <laughs> Very curious indeed. All right. Um, let's see here. What else we got? What else we got? A lot of lines questions. We got to retrain the the Twitch crew on uh, the things we like to read too. Sometimes I feel like uh, El Gato Diablo asking us: Are we? Are we ever going to run play action on first down under the four-minute mark? This is what I'm saying, man. The fact that they didn't throw a pass on the Chargers, the Chargers, the Eagles side of the field in the fourth quarter in the on first or second down drives me up the MFing wall. Run, run, pass is the worst invention in football. I hate it. Run, run, it. pass. Run, 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 pass. Run, run. It's like a Parappa the Rappa thing. We can make a We Will Rock You song. Run, run, pass. No. I like Parappa the Rappa better. That is a more uh, esoteric reference. Hold up. Parappa the Rappa is esoteric to you? I I think it is to people today, yeah. Chad, how many people know what Parappa the Rapper is? How many people know the band Queen? <laughs> I I'm I'm baffled. I'm bamboozled right now. You're what? That's what I'm, you are. I'm I'm getting acid again right now. That's what it's happening here. It's like, all right. 
Elgato says, bad PlayStation game. How dare you? Bad PlayStation <laughs> game. As if Chris didn't already feel, feel bad enough about I, the game being all that so terrible. Oh my god, my stomach hurts so much right now. Uh, got tr- actually, True Shamu is asking us uh, best wings flavor. I hate to be boring, but buffalo wings do it for me. That's all I want. I'm going to... Maybe it's because I'm getting older and having trouble with spice, but uh, lemon pepper for me. Not a bad choice. It's always always a good one. Otherwise, mango habanero, but mm-hmm. some places really lay it on thick and it's starting to get to me, so I can't really go that hot anymore. Yeah, the problems with the sauces, and we've talked about this before, but the problems with the sauces at B-dubs is that they're so sweet. So, so saccharine thick. and like sugary. Yeah. Yeah. And, I don't mind uh, a thick sauce. Like slather that thing. Like if I have to chew my sauce, I'm totally okay with that. Ew. Good God. <laughs> Some people are, uh, but, uh, are stumping for jerk. I would say that's a good sauce too. Yeah. I would say sweet water, their original flavor of mm-hmm. herbs and spices. Talk about sweet water a lot, Everything. man. Unofficial sponsor of the podcast. Unofficial sponsor of the podcast, Sweetwater Tavern. And I, I, we have we have to mention like I, I don't like uh, I mean like what Buffalo Wild Wing calls Asian Zing I like that flavor like a soy sauce yeah, yeah no no I, I know what you're talking about it's like a sesame yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I just yeah. Did like the Italian thing I don't know why Asian Zing well Asian Zing Dimitri sixty seven says ranch or blue cheese I think the answer is true is clear across the board it's always blue cheese yep, yep. I don't think there's any a good oh, situation yeah. where you use ranch Alex Reno who's wrong about this it's Alex cheese. is wrong he's not in here. He could be in here. Well, I could, I could be wrong, too, because it's ranch for me. What? <laughs> Come on, Ryan! When did this happen, Ryan? This has always been the way I've been. I actually... So, funny story. When I went to Buffalo last year, and we all sat down at a nice wings establishment. I think it was Duff's. But we all sat down to eat wings, and the nice server that we had goes, "So, uh, do we just need blue chance, or do we do we just need blue cheese, or does anybody need ranch?" I was like, the only one to raise my hand. I was like, "Can I get ranch?" And the people that we were with, who are from Buffalo, were just like, "We knew somebody at this table would do it, but we didn't know it would be you." Disgusting, man. (laughs) Absolutely. That's how Buffalo. That's how Buffalo Bills like fans rip on like opponents like i i think i saw a sign at one point that was like tom brady eats his wings with ranch (laughs) (laughs) saying you prefer ranch over blue cheese is like saying chicken noodle soup is your favorite soup but it's It's not not even that that literally you're not supposed to use ranch with your with your buffalo wings it's supposed to be blue cheese but the reason for tell me like a more interesting flavor than just like ranch Tell, tell me why you put ranch in buffalo chicken dip then when you make it. I don't. I don't. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I made, made that good buffalo, buffalo cheese. If you look at Pride of Detroit, like my Super Bowl creation a couple of years ago, it was like a it was like a buffalo chicken donut, blue cheese crumbles, no ranch. Bureaucrat says Tom Brady kisses his son on the lips with ranch. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Steve's Tabor asking us why does every POD discussion devolve into a food argument? Because I get hungry, man. 
I have acid right now. I really can't eat, but that doesn't mean I can't uh, can't still be hungry. I've got some rice in the cooker here. I want to eat, but um, but, uh, evolve into a food argument. I love it. I, I I truly think that the reason why every argument devolves into a food argument is because we we know that we're not going to agree on certain things when it comes to the lions. So we might as well just disagree on something else. Zucifer, speaking of which, this is a little more relevant food thing. Uh, Zucifer, is the Philly cheesesteak overrated? I don't know, Chris. That cheesesteak that Brandon put us out on he, at uh, he, when we went out to Philly Woodrow's, was pretty good. Well, here's the here's the funny yes. thing. Well, here's the funny thing, and this is a, thank you for bringing it up because that's where I was about to go. Because I've talked with other Philly people since, and I bring up Woodrow's. I'm like, man, that cheesesteak was so good. It had like you know truffle cheese whiz and cherry pepper mayo. And I was like, that's really good. But I swear to God, every Philly person rolls their eyes at me when I say that. And it's like, you just have to do plain cheese whiz and onions. Get out of here with all this other stuff. And I'm like, dude, like, okay. Okay. No, I mean, mean, if you're going to do it the way that you just described, Chris, like I can get that on a food truck in Michigan. Yeah, exactly. Like I can get out here in LA. There's some good cheesesteak places out here in LA. Like, just that's that's where I think I'm getting off on the cheesesteak is the purest. Like I I totally get it. I totally get it that if you are a if you're a cheesesteak enthusiast, you, you don't want to see people like only serving cheesesteaks where your only option is like Swiss or provolone and no cheese whiz option at all. But I don't want to just be eating plain cheese whiz all the time. Like I liked what Woodrow's did with that cheesesteak we did. It was a really, really good cheesesteak. And ever since then, all the Philly people I've talked to, one of the people I do a show with overnight at Fox Sports Radio, Anthony Gargano, he's in Philadelphia. He 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 kind of poo-poos it, and I don't I don't know what to do with that because like I can't just eat the same plain cheesesteak. I I like the twist on it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So I've never had an authentic Philly cheesesteak, so I can't. I feel like I can't speak knowledgeably on the subject, but I will say that. Cheese whiz on top of skirt steak offends me. I don't like I can that. Get that. I can get that. All right. Question here from HR Moroz. If you had to rebrand Detroit from the Motor City to something else, what would y'all call it? Oh, boy. Zucifer, <laughs> we're not calling it the mozzarella cheese stick city. <laughs> By the way, Jeremy, um, before we get into this topic a little further, do you finally have a ruling on that uh, Cheez-It stuff, <laughs> no. Cheez-It uh, abomination? <laughs> the that... Cheez-It pizza? I want to try the Cheez-It pizza so bad. But it's just a mozzarella stick. I know I'm not going to like it. It's just a mozzarella stick. I don't think so. I mean, it's not part stick. Like ravioli. Part of the thing that offends me about the mozzarella stick is the breading. I don't like the bread. Okay, I can get that. It's like hard and crusty. If the breading is literally it's a cheese crumbs. Now I'm talking. Now we're talking. All right. All right. Uh, rebranding the Motor City. I'm not rebranding it to Hockey Town, that's for sure. It's not Hockey Town How right about now. Hawkinson Town. You tried. Uh, <laughs> I almost wanted to insert the Bart Simpson at least you tried gif. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't have another answer. I have something else. Like it's it's a problem. There's really not much left to Detroit that I can really think of. Um the Q line that just, just immediately doing... pops out. 
I'm I'm fine with what repair repair peril says. No, just the D. You can just call it the D. The problem with don't, that is like I like. Don't the, give me that look, Ryan. I like the D. You can clip that, folks. <laughs> but the problem is, is that Dallas calls itself Big D, so there's kind of like a uh, inferiority complex going on, you know? Just, with D's. D? The only thing that that I really like about the D is when it's referred to in the Fox Sports Detroit commercials for April and the D, because those commercials are so hokey and terrible and awful. And also at this point, like the Tigers are bad right out from the gate. So there's nothing to be excited about the Tigers in April. The Pistons are probably going to try Slash. to make their way into the playoffs. But the Red Wings, Red Wings aren't going to make it. So like, I hope they run their April in the D segment and it's surrounded by just a bunch of teams that are struggling futility. I mean, they need to just advertise the draft at this point because that's the only good thing that happens in April at this point in, and the in Pist- Detroit sports. For the Pistons, it can't even be the draft because they keep screwing it up. If you could, if you could go back to yourself 10 years from now and tell yourself that the best thing about April in Detroit sports is the Lions drafting, is there any chance that you believe that person or you think that they're sent from like Lucifer's army? Man, I'm gonna pass. I don't know. <laughs> instead, uh, instead, let's uh, get to these stat alerts as kind of your moment of zen on the way out here. I'm going to close the mailbag. We're getting out of here. We'll take a few more things from Twitch before we close up. Uh, first off, stat alert. Thank you for John Whitaker sending us this. Hurtful stat for Bears fans. Daniel Jones has more passing yards this season than Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> Noscarelli, 20 ads. Bears, the only NFL team without a passing touchdown this season. Might be different after Monday, well, but we'll see. Was it the the other stat was that uh, the Bears rushing yards per attempt is higher than the Bears passing yards per attempt? <laughs> yep, that is amazing. You can take you can take <laughs> Chicago you can take the Bears out of Chicago, but you can't take the Chicago out of the Bears. If they're they the only remaining two the lost, same, if they're the only two lost team in the division after week three, I'm going to be very happy. It'll be funny. It'll be very funny. Hey, real quick, I need to take my victory lap from first bite because okay. I definitely said that this is going to hit the over. Is my one thing that I thought I knew. I don't want to talk How about the rest of your picks I, against the spread. Go. I, I'm. I'm a, I was about to say some. Let's let's not talk about that. If, thanks, everyone. See you, Starside.